Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Oddity Files. All things creepy. Cryptic. Otherworldly. Awesome. Whoop, whoop. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I got to check this text real quick because, oh, I just, I just was on Twitter. And, okay, did you watch Blue Sky? I just finished showing Jackie. I just finished. I'm not crying. You are. Steve Burns mm-hmm. is everything. I... Eight months pregnant with the twins, early labor, had to, you know, do the bed rest thing. And Zach was three. So um, Zach and I sat in bed and watched Blue's Clues all the time. Am I going to admit the fact that I've had a crush on Steve Burns ever since? Yes. Got, I, I follow him on Twitter. It's, uh, I, it's at Instagram, actually, at Steve Burns Alive, because there's always these rumors that Steve Burns has died. Um, <laughs> and that's how I found him. But he just did the most marvelous little skit that uh, Nick Jr. shared. At, oh, my God, I mentioned Nick Jr. in my story. I'm going to cry. I'm Anyway, um, <laughs> saying... Hey guys, I know I left kind of abruptly, um, but things are okay. It was just, I wish Mr. Rogers had done that with me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I was explaining <laughs> to, I was like, you know, the thing about Blue's Clues is like, it wasn't, j- it was like, it It was very Mr. Rogers or like a lamb chop in the sense that it bridged two generations because it was like my generation and then my parents, who, like, it helped them, like, take it. a break. But it was also, like, not obnoxious. It was no. wonderful, and it was cutesy, and it was just fun for... We just got a letter. <laughs> we just got a letter. Okay. I wonder who it's from. It's yes. just so good. He I don't is know. magical. I, yeah. I feel like they were like, yeah, people need this right now. <laughs> I loved it. And I had seen, I don't know if it was on his Instagram or what, but pictures of he and Joe, I think it was, took over, mm-hmm. um, him, dressed up in their blue striped shirt and their green striped shirt, walking around New York City. And I'm like, where is this going? Mm-hmm. Um, but they recently relaunched it for all you kids that watched it who have young kids now. And I believe Steve Burns is one of the executive producers. So, Well, at least they're giving it. him... The credit he deserves. That's nice. I'm glad yeah. that they're they're uh, 
because he made the show. Let's be honest. Like he did. He, I couldn't stand Joe. <laughs> he was like he was the guy because it was just how it was very Mister Rogers and like he felt so comforting and warm and wonderful and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I loved it. Okay, this is not a show about Welcome to Blues Clues, Steve the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, um, you're listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitty Duncan. Nick Floyd. <laughs> and I have not showered yet today, people. I mowed the lawn at the glamper and I had to come back into a conference call for the day job. So it's been a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost over and I'm so happy I get to end it with y'all especially you. oh Nick. gee whiz i feel the same way it's like even in the crazy times it's like this is the it's like 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 it's awesome to just step away like i feel that this is very similar to how things were before technology even though we're doing this on technology with our microphones and zoom and all that but it yeah. just feels that everything is put down and we're just talking to each other Yep. For an hour, sometimes a little bit longer, and it's just always the perfect icing on the cake of a Tuesday. Always a little bit longer, but it means I should check <laughs> and make sure my phone's not on this Wi-Fi. Is oh, what yeah. You just Speaking of me, technology. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been crazy around here in the best way possible. I'm headed to Cincinnati this weekend. By the time you guys listen to this, I will be in Salt Lake's Um Utah. So yeah, things are a little hot and heavy around here. I know Nick's got some fun stuff he's going to be up to. And I want to tell you guys, as of when you're listening to this, we will be about to release our second episode with our second network. Um, Paranormal Crossroads is now on WKYI in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, shoot. You've crossed states. We are syndicated officially in a way. So, (laughs) Holy smokes. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge news that I've been kind of sitting on for a hot minute. So today was running around making sure the episodes were uploaded to their appropriate networks, plural, and things like that, uh, getting last-minute sponsors added here and there and things like that. You know, it's it's the life I've dreamed of. It's a lot, but I'm living the dream, officially. I know, hey, Kentucky, next thing you know, it's going to be the continental U.S., so... Hell yeah, and if any of you listeners have any stations out where you're at, where it's just like a little independent station that plays, like, you know, local content, um, hit a bitch up on Twitter at Kitsy Duncan, or just email me directly, kitsy at oddityfiles.com. We're looking to take over the country and then the world. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. Yep. (laughs) So what's new with you, sir? I don't even know anymore. When did we podcast last? A week ago? Tuesday? Ish, yeah. I don't even know. Um, I don't know what happened. (laughs) <laughs> between now and the last week I don't, I don't think i've even watched anything to be completely honest adulting is so fucking hard i did yeah. watch birds of prey okay um it does say my internet connection is unstable so bear with me oh it and looks great to me thoughts my thoughts on it are yes yay booty shorts on uh, margot robbie robbie <laughs> roby can never get that right 
I feel like if it had a, I'm going to sound like a fucking art house movie person, but if it had a different director who would have embraced the girl power that was underlying underneath the entire episode, I feel like it would have been a beautiful movie. Yeah, I, it's, it's, I feel like that's, it's going to be sort of like the movies you watched when you grew up and then you tell people about them now and they might not be as magical. It was, I think for so many, the last movie that they got to see in theaters. So there's this weird (laughs) sort of appreciation. Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Like back when the pressure wasn't on, because now even with, with Shang-Chi that just came out, the newest Marvel movie, there's a lot of pressure on on COVID this and lockdown that and quarantine this. It's just every headline is like highest pandemic box office, highest like the P word and the Q. It's just like <laughs> hot topics everywhere. Whereas like Birds of Prey was the last movie that was Birds of Prey releases in theaters. Yeah, and that's it. No caveats, none of that. It was just a simpler time. So so what you're saying is people are romanticizing the film and probably are thinking it was and I just fucking ruined it for everybody so I just <laughs> I just felt the the fight scenes could have been choreographed better sped up in spots things like that they were a little draggy especially yeah. seeing um the new one first because her uh, escape scene is fucking amazing and yeah. what, what, what's the name of that movie Suicide Squad thank you and I was expecting that in this as well and it didn't happen so Eh, you want to see Margot in some booty shorts? This has definitely got it. Some characters were familiar with. This is not a nerdy podcast, but I, as y'all know, I am a nerd. So, or geek is the word I prefer because I don't consider myself smart enough to be a nerd when it comes to math. <laughs> because numbers are the ugliest of shapes. Yes. Couldn't also, in TV, the Osbournes Want to Believe is about to drop a season two, if they have not already. I enjoyed season one on Discovery+. Plus. It was a lot of fun, but I was a huge fan of the Osbournes reality TV show back in the day, and mm-hmm. anything that you throw Sharon and Ozzy in is a good time for me. It's very true. It's very true. I'm... I'm still sitting here racking my brain like, what happened last week? And I just, I really don't think anything did. And it was like one of those times I just didn't feel like watching, like watching anything. So even when I got to the weekend, I just didn't feel like turning anything on. Not that there were many options of things to watch over the weekend. Oh. But. Have you seen Cruella? Oh, yeah. I watched it. uh, Did the Disney Plus premiere thingy, whatever it was. Ah. I waited till it came out yeah, where I didn't have to pay for it. I was about to like this weekend and then I saw online that it was released to everybody with Disney+. Plus. Oh my God, the fashion. Mm-hmm. Can can I just pull the chick card here? Because I've decided to change my entire wardrobe after yes. watching this movie. I bought new lipsticks after watching this movie. And Kat Von D has a stay on lipstick line, guys. And the lipsticks have names like Death, Vampira, Exorcism. So definitely check those out. But Vampira is the perfect Cruella lipstick. Super stoked about it. Oh my God, fucking Emma Stone killed it. Yeah, she could do no wrong. I thought the movie was a little long, but oh, it was shut just... Shut your mouth. 
It, I mean, maybe, may if like they trimmed twenty minutes off, it would have been even better than it than because I, I really enjoyed it. I had no expectations going in. Friends who had already seen it said it's a little long, and I had that expectation. I'm like, cool, this movie's gonna be a little be like it goes yeah. a little long, but I just love that they embraced the punk rock, super dark kind of vibe of it all. And Emma Stone, I'm just, I'm. I, am in love with uh, yes. and everything that she's in and the fact that the next movie she's going to be in is a, a take on uh, the Frankenstein story. I am oh, just... out! Yes! Oh, I am so excited for oh, that. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So, the, the punk vibe. I mean, I, I'd heard people say that it is everything. It's got, you know, the music mm-hmm. makes me... I, mean, I always thought London punk scene was so badass and it just confirmed everything about that and the fashion and you know i we kind of discussed this last week when we were talking about rob zombie halloween's his first halloween movie i love a backstory on a character that was you were always as a child was like oh they're bad like maleficent at the end i was bawling like a fucking baby (laughs) and Cruella, I mean, I didn't cry, but it explains why she is like she is. And literally, it's hell hath no fury like a woman scorn. I'm excited to see what they do, because eventually they're going to have to start talking about her killing Dalmatians. But I don't think she did. I think that was the rumor the other ladies started. I feel I feel that they could easily take that route where it was just sort of the idea that a legend built behind somebody. Oh, it's been out long enough. You could spoil it. But... (laughs) I think that that could be the very Disney way of saying even our villains aren't that awful. There's still this like redeeming quality. So Cruella 2 is one that, believe it or not, I'm even I'm more excited to see than this first one because I think that's when we're getting into the level of, okay, how are you guys going to play this? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> And it was produced by both Emma Stone and Glenn Close. Who played uh, Cruella in the '90s? Was it or early 2000s? It all runs together. It does. <laughs> Those what two even decades. is time? Yeah. Um. Let's see. I quickly, I mean, literally scribbled show notes. Look at that. While I was waiting on my conference call, there, as of this show airs by 5 p.m. tonight, you guys have a chance to nominate us for a. Discover Pod Award. Just head to awards.discoverpods.com and nominate us for all the things. Pretty please and thank you. And this week we said we'd have um, some Halloween movies for people to watch. So I I was the. Go ahead. I I was about to celebrate. I I was literally the next thing I was going to say was, it's almost spooky season. We're almost there. So much to look forward to around the corner. I know. So I, I, as I was driving out to the glamper today, because I had to upload all the stuff and all the things, and that's where the fiber is. It's certainly not at my fucking house. (laughs) But I'd say my top five are Hocus Pocus. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go that route. Love it. Beetlejuice. Poltergeist, and then I struggle. Oh, Trick or Treat, and that's our treat, not or treat. Trick or Treat, so good, so amazing. And that's for, I'm just going to throw in Rob Zombie's Halloween. No, let's go Devil's Rejects, because it's fucking terrifying. 
Oh, there you go. Jeez. Yeah, I didn't write anything down, but I will say that uh, the new Chucky series is coming out in a couple weeks. And Did I ever tell I'm... you how that scarred me, that movie? Mm, you haven't. The first one? So I've told you the story that my mom wouldn't let me watch scary movies. Yes. So I, I was an adult. I was... I. Got married the first time at 17. Shut your mouth. I knew it was, you knew it was going to end. My mother knew it was going to end. I didn't. I thought I was in love. I wasn't. Anywho, um, he was in the military and we moved to Germany right away. Well, kind of, sort of right away after I graduated. He was already there and then I went out there. Um, So I was like, ooh, let's go see all the scary movies. When saw Chucky, fuck that shit. Fuck it. And then Pet Cemetery, I was done. I'm like, I don't even want to watch scary movies because mom was right. It's so funny. Chucky is always such a fascinating franchise to me because it took something that was so ridiculous but yet terrified people when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then as people started making fun of it, they leaned into it and then just turned it into a comedy. Yeah, for sure. Which is so wild. But this new show, Jennifer Tilly is back in, uh, Brad Dorf's back uh, as the voice of Chucky, which is amazing, and Devin Sawa is uh, a main character in it as well. Which oh, is he really? I only know those names because of photo ops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like put put Devin Sawa in anything, and I'll watch it. But it looks like it's leaning more back into the horror element of the original Chucky films, and I'm I've never been a big Chucky person, but when it's Halloween. And when it's on TV and they do the marathons, I do find myself getting sucked into Child's Play 1 and 2 and 3 and just sort of having them on as background noise. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I remember from that first one, watching it in the theater at the, you know, army base, was they had this beautiful shot from underneath the couch and you just saw the little shoes running across the room and the little pitter-patter. And I was like, nope, I'm terrified. I believe I covered my eyes and may or may not have cried. So there. <laughs> Look it's how so far good. I've come. Now I, I want the pitter-patter of little feet that I don't <laughs> know what it's coming from. <laughs> now you seek it out. Look, at it's, yeah. you, you've come so far. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a, So it's going to be a TV show? Oh, wow. Didn't on uh, USA and Sci-Fi. It's going to be on both networks. Didn't Mark Hamill play Chucky for a second? I recently mm-hmm. read something about that. Maybe. Maybe. Huh. I mean, that seems voice-wise, vocal like voice range of the two, it seems very, very much like something he would play. Very doable, for sure. Yeah. I'll have to research that. Yeah, and then... Oh. Now I can read my handwriting. I went to a woo-woo store this week. I went to stores. People, I haven't been to stores in almost two years, and I went. Yes, I bought everything offline and Amazon, mostly Amazon during all the shit that was going on. I got all the books. I got Raise Your Vibration. Some of these might be from Barnes & Nobles. Spirit Translator. This is about... The Seven Truths for Creating Well-Being and Connecting with Spirit. I think it has something to do with spirit guides. I got this one I'm super excited about. Haunted Hoosier Halls, Indiana University. Ooh, look at that. Look at that text. 
on the front. Super fancy. And then on the back, it sold me because their story in, which is a a one-person town um, just east of Bloomington, which is where Indiana University is, that um, has this amazing bed and breakfast that's haunted. I've been there a couple times. I got a book on runes. Mm. You know, because I've embraced the whole oracle tarot th- card thing. I've, and I have, I'm mostly Swedish and Native American is my lineage. I haven't done the, the DNA thing. It could be something completely different. But I understand that they're like Viking divination. I'm kind of stoked to learn oh. them. And I got some crystals, some green go. crystals. Oh, so. Look at that. I wasn't sure what you meant by woo-woo. I mean, you could have meant like a uh, Coachella-style fashion shopping experience or could have been crystals and books and whatnot. I did go clothes shopping. I'm going to change my whole wardrobe. It will be Cruella slash Moira from here on out. Nice little combination of the two because, you know, I'm more towards Moira's age, but I loved everything uh, Cruella wore in the movie. So. They have the jacket here at Disney Springs at the the um, it's called the Landing at Disney Springs and it's the it's the boutique, uh, mm. and they have sort of the higher end fashion items and they have a Cruella leather black and red jacket that's pretty badass. Oh, I love there. it. There's uh, her universe has done a couple pieces from the wardrobe as well, Ashley. Exen, Eckstein, something. She's the designer of her universe, which is nerdy clothes, but yet fashionable enough to where you you can wear it out of the house. Sometimes it's it's like subtle cosplay. Sometimes it's legit pieces from the films. I will finally get to meet her at Salt Lake, I believe. Oh, shoot. That's exciting. I've heard good things about her. I've missed the opportunity multiple times to do interviews with her Comic at San Diego Comic Con, but I have heard, I have heard wonderful things. She's been she's been doing this thing for a very long time. She has. She's adorable. She's absolutely adorable. I do have some paranormal in the news. This comes from one of my favorite follows on any social networking site. It's called I fucking love science, but it's actually IFL science because they had to drop the fucking. Mm hmm. The headline reads, Corpse Caught Moving in Body Farm Study. Haven't read it. Shared it in the Facebook group, which you can find at flow.page slash oddityfiles. Let's find out what the story says. It seems that not even the sweet release of death can put an end to the body's movements. And no, we are not talking about zombies. According to new research from Australian scientists, corpses are not that stiff. I see what they did there. After all, and move about for over a year after death? Uh Uh-uh. Due to the process of decomposition. The research was conducted at a body farm in Australia, where the researchers study how bodies decompose. This, in turn, can improve forensic techniques. The team looked at a time lapse of a decomposing body taken every 30 minutes over a period of 17 months. The researchers expected to see some movement in the early days after death, but they witnessed movement for more than a year and a half. 
The motions could be the result of ligaments drying out. Uh, and I quote, what we found was the arms were significantly moving so that arms that started off down beside the body ended up out to the side of the body. The dead bodies are making snow angels. <laughs> right? That was lead researcher Alison Wilson, she told ABC News Australia. The study is yet to be published, but the team has recently completed an investigation using the same time-lapse approach, approach to improve post-mortem time estimation. That work published in the journal Forensic Science International Synergy. Damn it, I forgot to get that at Barnes & Noble. What the fuck? <laughs> Look at the first six, six months after death and gained insight into the best time of day to estimate decomposition levels. And it goes on and on. We got the gist of the story. Dead bodies are making fucking snow angels. How badass is that? What a clickbait headline, though. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be some, like, spooky video of this, you know, body bag and then all of a sudden this, like these hands trying to move it in or whatever. I thought it was something like that. I didn't think it was going to be all scientific. I'm kind of obsessed with the whole body farm idea. I've seen so many, you know, I've read books about not true crime, but, you know, murder mystery books where, you know, people leave bodies in the body farm so they're not found for a while. And I don't know. I just think they're really cool. I don't know why. <laughs> it's super, super fascinating that that's even a thing that exists. But also, I, it just, I don't know. <laughs> Can you imagine the smell, though? Mm -mm. Oh, it's probably awful, but I mean, I guess someone has to do it eventually. I guess we see death all the time, but like watching a time lapse, like who's got to supervise that footage, you know, taking every 30 minutes for 18 months or whatever? Maggots everywhere is what I'm imagining. <laughs> yeah. I also can't help but think of the movie Swiss Army Man. With Daniel Radcliffe when I think of bodies moving after they've died. I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's a treat. I think it's still on Netflix. Daniel Radcliffe plays a dead body who washes up on this island. And Paul Dano is in it and finds the body. And is like, oh, this body's dead. Sure, whatever. And then the body starts to uh, <laughs> fart a lot. <laughs> Uh, and so he's like, this body is alive. And so he ends up using Daniel Radcliffe's body as like a Swiss army knife. And then the body starts talking to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. I love how Daniel Radcliffe just takes the most obscure parts. He's like, you know, I've been a big fucking movie star before I was 10. I'm just going to take all these really fun really weird indie projects and just make them my own. Oh, and just absolutely own it. When we, we saw him do a play in London and after the play, he met everybody who hung around mm -hmm. and I didn't have anything for him to sign. I, we just hung out to talk and got a picture with him. And I, and I said, listen, I've loved a lot of the movies that you're in, but by far Swiss army man is my favorite thing that you've done. And he lit up, completely changed i mean he was he was super super nice anyway but he just it was like the smile that was i'm friendly to everybody changed to this like natural he moved closer and was yeah. just like buddy buddy like oh let me tell you about making that movie i love talking about it and, da, 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 da. and it was just 
you could just tell that that was the thing that he was most proud of of any movies in his entire career. Oh yeah, it was this one. So uh. yeah, it's a treat. If you want weird, ridiculous movies, uh, it is definitely up there because it is sort of beautiful in a really fucked up way. <laughs> but- well, there you go, kids. That's that's one of Nick's recommendations. <laughs> Did we? Did I ask you for your Halloween recommendations, or was I just blabbering because I was afraid I didn't have enough to talk about? I I sidetracked because I didn't have any written <laughs> down, and so I just like Chucky has a show coming out. Let's That's right, that. you did. You totally skirted the issue completely, and now I've called you out on it, and I'm going to apologize for it. It, but next time we record, you absolutely have to have your top five. Yeah, I can give one. The number one that I that is like my Halloween movie is Ernest Scared Stupid. Is like the movie that I watch every Halloween. <laughs> have you seen the meme that compares the guy who plays Ernest with John Cena? No. They look a whole lot alike. Oh my god, they do. <laughs> I didn't realize that until this very moment. My mind is actually blown. If John Cena was scrawny, he'd look like Jim Varney. Yes, literally. And well, now he's Cena's got hair, so yeah. Oh. You you can never ever unsee that. I would love so much. Super super quick side fact side. Uh, Fact, I guess is what we it would be. Is all it? the time. This is our podcast. It's true. It's true. So Jim Varney, Ernest was uh, kind of had the claim to fame from uh, doing purity dairy commercials. Okay. Which is a milk company that's in kind of the the mid mid east of the United States. And so he did Ernest characters for Purity Dairy. I would love so much if Purity Dairy could cough up some stupid amount of money and have John Cena play Ernest with like the the denim vest, the hat, the denim hat. Like I would lose my mind. Even if it's just a terrible impersonation, like it's just paying homage and like yeah. tribute to an incredible character. It would be the greatest thing ever. I mean, Cena's doing some really funny commercials, so I don't see why he wouldn't do it. I don't either. I, the Purity Dairy, if you listen to this podcast or anybody who has connections to Purity Dairy, try to pitch John Cena on it. Um, Please. And just take the, you know, the nostalgia, heartfelt approach and just sell him on that if you can't afford yeah. his, you know, $55 I mean, million Burns dollar is doing it. Steve Burns is doing it. John Cena. Come on. If you listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is actually a wonderful human being. I just want to put that out there. I've I've worked with him twice. And he is. So he walks in the photo op room and he's like, how many I got? Well, he doesn't say how many I got because that's bad English. How many do we have? And I let him know. And he knows exactly how much time he has for his photo op, and he's done at the very last second of his photo op because he spends as much time as he can with mostly the kids and military uh, and former military people. But I mean, as the photo op is scheduled to, as the next photo op is scheduled to begin, he is finishing, he shakes your hand, walks, says, what a great job you did, walks out and he's done. I don't know how he does it, 
but he's a magical human being from the photo ops perspective. Well, he did something recently. It was some article that I read. He's done like 440,000 hours of uh, meet and greets make a wish that he's like, he's done the most out of anybody, any actor, any famous person. He has done the most that make a wish and stuff out of anyone. And it's, it's something insane. Like it's 440,000, I, maybe that's a little high, but it's something he's done in the tens or hundreds of thousands of Make-A-Wish and, and meet and greets. So if anybody would be able to put a science to how many pe- t- how many moments you can spend with each person in this time slot, mm-hmm. it would be John Cena. It would be John Cena. Cena, Cena, da, 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 da. Yep. Okay, real quick side note. CM Punk is back and I am fucking excited about it. Okay. Um... <laughs> Cult of personality. Okay. Um, I have no idea who goes first. I believe it's me, but I'm not sure. We did the episode last week where it was the oh, you joint go episode. First. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't know who goes first. I just know we did the episode together last week, like the power duo that we are. <laughs> well, you were going to go at the end, but we ran out of time because we we did it so well together. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me well, you, patting ourselves on the back. Um, well, you've heard it. You've listened to it before anybody else. So No, I haven't. I'm behind on editing <laughs> right now. I will hear it tomorrow. But that means you go first. All right. Sure. I'll go first. So we talk about the Ouija boards quite a bit on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan. Kitsy, you are uh, a fan. You are interested in the Ouija. I am not interested in the Ouija. So I downloaded some Ouija board apps. One I oh, can't yeah. get to work. The other two I haven't tried yet. Go ahead. How does it work in app form? If there I are spirits know. here, please touch my phone. Enter the, my phone. The first one I tried to open, it would just only play ads and wouldn't go to it. So That's how um, they get you. I had read an article that somebody claims to be possessed from a, a Ouija board app, and I can't find that specific app, so I downloaded like three. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sure. Sure. <laughs> I believe you. So anyway, this is a true, uh, it's claimed to be, this one is stamped true. Uh, it was posted three years ago on a Reddit thread that then got picked up on uh, an NPR uh, collection of stories. So this is told from a Reddit user three years ago, a true story about why they never will touch a Ouija board again for the rest of their lives. Oh, I wonder if apps are included in that. Can't wait to find out. <laughs> Sounds like we're sponsored. I wish. By the, by the ad app. All right. This story happened in October of 2004, back when I was still a third-year high school student. My friends and I stuck around the school late at night after our annual Halloween party. That's pretty cool. We had agreed to try out my friend's Ouija board. It wasn't the brightest idea, but we needed a thrill. This is exactly how it all went with like with me in high school. This is the same story. Maybe this is me that wrote this, and I just forgot forgot all about it. (laughs) We found a nice spot under a huge Nara tree. Nara, Nara, sure, and proceeded with our half-assed ritual. These there were five of us: two boys and three girls. We were all expecting some kind of paranormal contact, 
rumors had it, our school was haunted, but we've never really experienced anything firsthand. And it was Halloween when all the spirits came out to play. We all wanted to get spooked. (laughs) Yeah! Hell yeah, it's party time. Also, we've never seen a Ouija board firsthand before, so we were pretty excited. Okay, now we're talking. Our school was an old Spanish colonial house built in the 1800s when the Spaniards still occupied the Philippines. We were in a section of the school that doesn't get used often. Located beside a creepy old Jesuit house. Nailed it. High school history. People only go there when they need to use the restroom, store equipment on one of the sheds, or make out with their boyfriends or girlfriends. Dig it. That all, Had all that three in my high things. school, too. Yeah. <laughs> the closet. We sat down in the middle of an open space with only an exposed bare bulb nearby illuminating the surroundings. We were all having a laugh, scaring each other with what-if scenarios. It was your typical dumb kids doing dumb things scenario. My friend who brought the Ouija board proceeded to place it in the middle of our circle. If I remember correctly, it was the glow-in-the-dark version, which we found hilarious. I have that Maybe one. I did write this. <laughs> this is really taking me back. Was yours the glow-in-the-dark version? Get out! Yep. Uh, yeah, this is... Okay, this is... Uh, this is getting wild for me. <laughs> it gave us the ability to see what was written in the dark or dimly lit room that we were in. Not knowing what to do and going after what we've seen in the movies, we all proceeded to place our index finger on the top of the planchette. We sat there looking at each other until one of us said, what's next? We didn't know if there was a proper way to start the ritual, plus the board didn't come with instructions, so we decided to just throw in a question. I mean... If it works, it works. That's the best part, is like, even though it's Mattel or Hasbro, whoever the fuck makes it, it's, <laughs> there are no instructions. It's just like, just start talking to the spirits. Well, Good think luck. about if they did put instructions in it, they'd be liable for everything. 100%. That's like Sue Happy City, USA. Mm-hmm. My house burnt down and the last thing we used was a Ouija board. Sue. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is anyone there? I called out into the darkness. If there are spirits living here, please talk to us. One of the girls joined in. We clearly had no idea what we were doing. Still, nothing. Not even the slightest bit of wind. One of my friends jerked the planchette and the girl who brought the Ouija board screamed, breaking the silence. We all laughed at how ridiculous it was. After a bit of joking around, we decided to give it another go. We all placed our index fingers on the planchette once more and asked if there's anyone there... We would like to make contact. Don't break the circle, one of my friends jokingly said. (laughs) Shut up, I whispered. We were just about ready to give up when the wind started to pick up. The stillness broke and the darkness around us seemed to move. Just a coincidence, we thought. Oh, okay. Don't break the circle, I yelled out. Is anyone there? I was excited. It was like a scene from a movie with dirt and dead leaves swirling around us. Guys, I'm scared, my friend sitting beside me said. My mom warned me about playing with forces we don't know. My, 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 my mama always said. <laughs> don't play with forces we don't know, guys. My mom always told me that. That sounds like some scripted shit. <laughs> Did you die here? Were you killed during the war? Are you the headless priest that roamed these halls? Do you know Jose Rizal? Are you a hottie? My friend giggled. (laughs) 
At this point, we were all throwing random stupid questions. Nothing. This is bullshit. I don't want to do this anymore, my friend said, exasperated. We were all thinking the same. Just then, a group of dogs from the neighboring house started barking at us through the chain link fence. These six dogs were growling and showing teeth. We all screamed and without finishing the ritual, bolted right out of there. We didn't see each other until after Halloween break. And this is where the story gets creepy. One of the girls told us about a weird experience she had the night after playing with the Ouija board. She had gotten home late after hanging out with her friends from the neighborhood when she realized she forgot her keys to the house. Her house. The house. Same thing. So she called her brother, who was then still sharing a room with her. And what he said crept the hell out of her. He swore she was already home. He claimed to have seen her walk in a while ago. No. And that she looked really tired and saw her head straight to bed. No. Creepy, but no need to freak ourselves out, was all we thought. Besides, her brother must have been tired and seeing things. But then my other friend started telling us about an encounter she had Halloween night. She was going up to her room when the light started flickering as she was ascending the staircase. Your typical horror movie visuals shrug it off to faulty wiring. But just then, she saw the door to her room open, and a dark figure stepped out and stood atop of their staircase. She couldn't make out the entity's face, but she recounted that she couldn't move and felt utter dread as the figure stared down at her. Well, damn. (laughs) No way, my best friend who just joined in the conversation said in disbelief. Something happened to me as well. He recalled he was sleeping one night when he woke up feeling really uncomfortable. He described his vision as having TV-like static and a feeling of heaviness surrounded him. He looked around the room, and that's when he saw a bloody, charred face with piercing red eyes grinning at him through the window. No. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because I had an almost run-in with death that night. After the ritual, I was sleeping in our sedan on the way home after fooling around with the Ouija board when I felt our car jerk. I woke up instantly. Looking out the window, I found out that we've been hit by a huge oil tanker. I panicked and leaped out of the car. Lucky my mom and I survived the crash since the front of the car was a total wreck. I still don't have an explanation for why those things happened to us, but thank God nothing happened after that. I never played or got near a Ouija board ever since. Well, okay. So, I mean, of course, after you play with a Ouija board or after you visit Robert the Doll or after you touch Annabelle and all these terrible things are supposed to happen to you, you're going to really hone in on the terrible things that happen. Now, the bloody face could be Matrix thing, could have been looking at its laundry um, now, the brother having the sister, thinking the sister was home, really has me kind of stumped. Yeah, this was a really interesting one because I could easily dismiss very similarly to this. My friend had a closet in her garage. We all, neighborhood kids, piled in with a Ouija board, had three candles lit, lights were out, took it seriously, joked about it, nothing happened. And then we felt very similarly a wind sort of a sweep, and two of the three candles knocked over and the room was carpet and the room almost went up in flames 
Mm-hmm. And then after we like, we're like, no, we're done. We're done. We got up and we were in the backyard and I'm allergic to bees. I got stung by a bee like right after. And so oh, it's very man. easy to like, okay, someone's foot probably hit the candle. The bee was just a coincidence. I'm tying it to it. But this story was interesting to me because it was the perfect storm of multiple different things happening to all the people who were in contact with the Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now, are are you the only one that had anything tragic happen after your experience? I think so. It's so long ago. I feel like the only thing that we collectively experienced was the candle falling yeah. over. And then afterwards, it was like the bee thing. And I was like, I'm not touching a Ouija board again. Never again. That was it. So. Uh, you know, next time we're together, we're pulling out a Ouija board. And we're going to find out who sent that bee to you. <laughs> I mean, done. I, listen, I, I want to have words with them. Oh, that was a great story, though. I love it. Super it, interesting. It's yeah. it's a good Halloween story. I feel like this is one that you would read with some friends or whatever. Yeah, one million percent. One million um, percent. Oh, I thought you were whispering something very important. No, I was just trying to creep you out. <laughs> <laughs> worked. Totally worked. Good. Um, we'll throw it over to, you know, it might be commercials. It might not be. Oh, I, who fucking knows? But I'll be back with the story. <laughs> I hope it's like a, I hope it's just a, like a monster truck rally commercial. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. Did you know Files the, the Paranormal Crossroads is on your local <sighs> station? Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and Spirit Medium. Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com dot com slash stores slash oddity dash files guys we've got everything there we're still adding more the prices are much more cost effective there and the store is so easy to navigate what are you waiting for head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files get your merch on Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter. 
and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror, all the time streaming network. From their endless selection of the best in horror, the original programming and exclusive content, to their flexible membership plans. Shudder is exactly what you need. Plans start at under five bucks a month, and yes, you can cancel at any time. I mean, what are you waiting for? tinyurl.com slash getshudder. tinyurl.com slash getshudder. G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bones coffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. I so badly need to record new commercials. Every time I put them up, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sick of this fucking commercial, but I haven't been able to make the time. Anyway. And we're Sunday, back. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> okay, so last week I had lunch with my dear friend Amy, her husband Todd, and her two awesome boys, London and Beckham. And they proceeded to tell me about a ghost tour they recently went on in North Carolina. Oh. And asked me if I knew anything about the boo hag. And I didn't. They proceeded to tell me that it's Gulla lore. And up until then, all I knew about the Gullah, I learned watching Gullah Gullah Island with my kids after Blue's Clues. Telling you. So here's a quick wiki definition of the Gullah for those of you who didn't watch Nick Jr. in the 90s like me. Literally, I put Nick Jr. in my story before I knew we were going to talk for a half an hour about Blue's Clues. Anyway. Um, (laughs) So the Gullah are African-Americans who live in the low country region of the U.S. states of Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, and North Carolina. In both these coastal plain and the sea islands. They developed a Creole language, also called Gullah, and a culture with some African influence. Historically, the Gullah region extended from Cape Fear on North Carolina's coast south to the vicinity of Jacksonville on Florida's coast. Because of a period of relative isolation from whites while working on large plantations in rural areas, the Africans enslaved from a variety of Central and West African ethnic groups developed a Creole culture that has persevered much of their African linguistic and cultural heritage from those various peoples. I put all this in here because I was... 
I'm always interested in learning about other cultures. Absolutely. In addition, they absorbed new influences from the region. The Gullah people speak an English-based Creole language containing many African loan words and influenced by African languages in grammar and sentence structure. So in the 20th century, some of the plantations were redeveloped as resorts or hunting destinations by the wealthy whites, you know, those fucking old men. Gradually, more visitors went to the island to enjoy their beaches and mild climate. Since the late 20th century, the Gullah people, led by Penn Center and other determined community groups, have been fighting to keep control of their traditional lands. I'm just going to get political here for a second. Since the 1960s, resort development on the Sea Island has greatly increased in property values, threatening to push the Gullah off their family lands, which they've owned since emancipation. They fought back against the uncontrolled development on the islands through community action, the courts, and the political process. So can we fucking not, old white dudes, can we just leave them in peace Please and thank you. Let them live on with their culture and pass it on from generation to generation. Leave them the fuck alone. Okay. I wasn't going to go there, but I saw it on the Wikipedia page and I just had to vent because it pisses me off. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now back to the boo hag. (laughs) Here's the most popular story I could find online about said boo hag. Uh, There are a couple versions of this, but this specific story comes from NorthCarolinaGhosts.com, and that story goes a little something like this. Once there were two men who had been friends all their lives. They married two beautiful women about the same time, and everything seemed fine. But one day, one of the men came to his friend and asked him, when you wake up at night, is your wife in bed with you? Sure she is, said his friend. Why do you ask? When I lie down in bed at night, my wife is with me. But when I wake up in the middle of the night, she's gone. But then come morning, she's back in bed. Man, said the friend, I think you married a boo hag. Now they knew this was serious. A boo hag is a kind of witch that can slip out of her skin and fly around at night and cause all kinds of trouble in the world. A boo hag can kill a man just by sucking all the blood from his body out through his nose. Ew. Oh. Ew, David. Um, They'll get on a man and ride him at night so he can't move and can't breathe. Well, like, that you could take that several different ways. I'm sure it's not dirty, but I visualizing it completely dirty. Okay. I, I, I just don't. There's only really one way you could take yeah. of, you don't just throw a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> just... we'll just leave it there. Okay. Um, a boo hag is not something you'd ever want to meet and sure not something you'd ever want to be married to. So the man asked his friend what he should do. You got to wait till she slips out of her skin in the middle of the night and then you find that skin. Look under the stairs. That's where boo boo hags like to hide their skins. You take that skin and you pour salt and pepper all over it. (laughs) Then she won't be able to get her skin back on. Or, you know, a tasty jerky treat. Not us. 
And so that night, the man went to bed with his wife and pretended to sleep. About midnight, he felt her slip out of bed beside him. He waited her for her to get downstairs and then got out of bed and quietly hid where he could see her. He saw his wife pull off all of her skin and roll it up into a ball and hide it <laughs> under the stairs. Then she flew right up the chimney, the chimney, the chimney, going out to cause trouble in the world. Well, that man didn't waste any time. He went and got that skin and salted it and peppered it real good. Then rolled it back up into a ball and hid. And he put it back under the stairs where he found it. I feel like he should have put it back first and then went uh, anyway. Um, then he went back to bed and waited until early in the morning when he heard a noise of something coming down the chimney. And he heard his wife's voice speaking softly. Skin, skin, you know me. Skin, skin, this is me. Skin, skin, you know me. Skin, skin, this is me. But he knew that with all that salt and pepper, she couldn't get back into her skin. He waited, and she said it again. And I'm not going to. It's skin, and it's you know me, and it's this is me. And he knew that she was stuck without her skin. He heard her coming up the stairs and pretended to be asleep. He felt his wife crawl into bed with him and wrap herself up tight in the sheet. But he reached his hand over and could feel something warm and raw and rubbery in the bed next to him. After that, he didn't need to pretend not to sleep. When the morning broke, the man got up and said to his wife, Time to get up. Time for breakfast. She said, I ain't getting up. I'm sick and lay there wrapped up tight in that sheet, not showing one inch of herself. The man said he'd go get the doctor, but she said the doctor cost too much money. So the man said he was going to hoe the garden. The man went outside and hid under the window. Sure enough, he heard his wife come down the stairs and call out again. She was looking for her skin. I'm not gonna say it all again. That was enough for the man. He went down to fetch the conjure man who would know what to do. He told the conjure man his story and the conjure man told him to go home and start a big barrel of pitch boiling and he'd be by shortly. A barrel of pitch. I think I that's that, that Gullah language. I'm, a, I'm, I'm envisioning a huge vat of boiling oil. So yeah. let's go with that. Uh, tweet at a bitch, by the way. Let me know what a big barrel of pitch boiling is. Um, so the man went home and built a fire in the garden and started a big barrel of pitch boiling on it. Soon the conjure man walked up the road and the two of them went inside. They went upstairs to where the woman was back in bed, all wrapped up, tighten her sheet again. The conjure man said, what ails you, woman? And she said there was nothing wrong. But the conjure man wasn't having none of that. He ripped the sheet right off her. And there she was, lying there, all raw and bloody. Man, you done married a hag, said the conjure man. And they grabbed her and carried her out to the garden, where they threw her in that big barrel of boiling pitch and burned that hag alive. What else could they do? I love this story so much. 
This is insanity. It literally is. It totally is. This is the craziest story. The story is like visually horrifying, but yeah. also just the weirdest thing. I love it. I love it. Then NorthCarolinaGhost.com fills in some blanks for us saying that according to tradition, one of the best ways to keep a hag out of your house is to lay a broom across the front of your door. A boo hag can slip into a house through the keyhole, but if she sees a broom, this is when it gets a little crazy, she literally has to stop and count every straw on the broom. I love it. Um, By the time she's done, the dawn will have come and she has to return to her skin. A conjure man, sometimes called a conjure doctor or a root worker, is someone experienced in the art of hoodoo, the African-American magical and spiritual tradition. Conjure men can help not only with dealing with hags and other supernatural entities, But a good conjure man is knowledgeable in spells to help with such mundane matters as finding love, a good job, or winning a court case. Possibly the lottery? I added that one for good measure. Hoodoo is a living tradition, and there are root workers practicing in North Carolina today. So there you have it, kids. The story of the boo hag. Thank you to the Piglowskis for recommending I do some research on it. That, what a story. It, it kind what? of takes, you know, the old witch story to make sure kids aren't in the woods or the witch is going to eat your stories, but makes it more terrifying and visually terrifying. And no, until they have, have so to count many, the brooms. Yeah, until they have to count the, the I just have so many questions is that... Is it like a marriage thing? Like, was breaking the spell walking in and being like, I want a divorce. And like that, just, she's just like, no! And then just poof. I like, mean, is that how you break the be. spell? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I just don't. Like, he fell in love with her, married her this whole time. Whose skin is it? I don't know. Is it the woman that he married's skin? Is, or is it, it actually skin? a skinwalker wearing somebody else's skin? I know. I don't know. Why did he not see blood on his hands when he felt her all warm and raw? Well, they probably just skipped that part of the story because that would make it a, a rated PG version. Got to keep it more, more. Uh, Unlike writing friend, a man. Family friendly. <laughs> yeah, writing. I love it. I really do. Um, I, I do love finding out about. I feel like that the Conjure Man and any of the hoodoo. I'd like to speak to a conjured woman if I could and find out if there are ways to not marry a boo hag. I mean, what are the signs you look for? If you're going to marry a narcissist, there's red flags everywhere. But a boo hag, I don't know. You really, you just wake up one day, next thing you know, you're, you're sleeping next to a boo hag. Their skin rolled up under your your stairway, because that's apparently where they keep them. What if you have a house without stairs? What if you're in a ranch? Where's the boo hag going to hide the skin then? The outhouse. There you go. Look at you. All the <laughs> answers. A fucking love What a it. treat. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. I'm so glad that my friends had told me about that. 
they, you know how I'm terrible at remembering people's names. They were talking about they were at whatever the most famous haunted jail in North Carolina is. And they were talking about, oh, and there was this woman. I'm like, oh, you mean Lavinia? Because, of course, I remember a fucking ghost's name. And I can't remember a single living person's name five seconds after I meet them. What the fuck? <laughs> You're just living up to the title of your book. That's true. I'd rather talk to dead people. Available on Amazon Prime. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. Yes, please check that out. Check out um, all our socials at Oddity Files everywhere. Um, or go to flow.page slash Oddity Files and buy merch, people. Mm-hmm. Just say that. And, and uh, book. And review our podcast, please. Because Nick shouldn't have to offer you a dollar to get you to leave a review. I'm just putting nope. that out there. I'm I'll put it, you, I'll put it back on the table eventually, just not right now. No, money's tight right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I do have? Let's turn this negative Nancy attitude of mine <laughs> into something positive, right? I've got a goddamn listener story. Yee-hoo. And the subject line is, goddamn listener story, finally. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. speaking our language. Exactly. So it starts off, uh, hello, friends. I truly put the pro in procrastination. Here's my email. Finally, you're welcome. I've been at my current... <laughs> ma- <laughs> right? I love you. Just saying. Um, I've been at my current right, job for almost 12 years. The building we work in is quite old. It's 124 years old. It's an old tobacco warehouse. We hear things, we see things, and we feel things. The best tales go a little something like this. To my right, there is often a feeling of someone there. I spend half my day looking for a person who just isn't there. My coworker who sits behind me has also said they feel like someone should be standing right there but just isn't. Coworkers from the room next to ours have reported, hard quotes, someone walking by the door that separates our two rooms. This makes my feeling of someone to my right make sense since it's in that same area. One of my other coworkers has a good view of the hallway and on some mornings, there's hard quotes, someone walking the main hall. Me and my former coworker friend hadn't been at our job but maybe a year when one of my favorite experiences happened. My friend was sitting to my left. We were each busy at our job and zoned out with our headphones. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw someone grab her arm. At the same time, she felt someone grab her arm. We both turned but saw no one. We jerked our headphones off and just stared at each other. No one had walked up on her, but I saw it and she felt it. That's insane. Wow. Just a couple of weeks ago, me and my coworker, the one who has a straight shot view of the main hall, both heard a male voice from near her, which is behind the person who wrote the story. She thought it was me. I thought it was her. It wasn't either of us. There were no men in the building that day and only one other person in the building and she was in the other room. Last year in that same location, I heard a child's giggle. Coworker beside me heard it too. 
I asked if the two kids in the other room had come over and giggled in our room by any chance. Nope, they were not in our room. They did not giggle, but people over there heard the giggle as well. Two co-workers who used to work in the basement have reported a man with a big hat, a woman, and a child. There is slash was a tunnel that ran from our building to the building across the street. When the bosses investigated this part when they first moved in, it appeared like someone had been working down there and just left one day and never came back. Their work boots, old lunchbox, and other old items were still there. One of my bosses took an item from down there and placed it in his new office. The next morning, it was gone. Yep, it was back down in the tunnel. I guess the man in the big hat didn't like his stuff being moved. And that's it. I feel like there's another story to tell, but I can't think of one. Like I said, it always seems to be something heard or seen. These were just my favorite moments. I've reread this email a ton of times. So if I made any grammar mistakes, you did not, by the way, great job, or worded something odd, you did not, great job. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just because I'm dumb and words are hard. (laughs) (laughs) Feel that in my soul. (laughs) And she signs it, love ya. Let's see if I can. That is from Tracy. So thank you, Tracy. That was amazing. I love how you hit on all the, you know, major things that are going on there. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, I love a good classic haunting story when it's coming from someone that's not the internet. Someone who's in the circle, someone who's living through it. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's like harmless I mean, minus the grabbing yeah, that's situation. Yeah, terrifying. That one's a little, a little much, but uh, yeah, I imagine there's a lot of history behind that building that you're oh, in. So. One million percent. And you know what I always, speaking of Paranormal Crossroads, since you brought that up earlier, Nick, um, <laughs> my theory <laughs> is that even if it does feel like a grab, it could be just them literally just trying to reach out and communicate with you. So I don't think it's anything evil from everything else you've put there. I don't think the man in the the tunnel likes his shit being moved around. So that let's not do that again. But let me tweet at a bitch if you want me to come investigate that tunnel because bitch wants to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you go, I'll go, I guess. Okay, cool. Can we bring a Ouija board? No. Sure. He's shaking his head as he's saying, sure, people. You Patreon people saw that, didn't you, just now? Yep. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, it's patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Guys, that's our show for today. Again, head to flow.page slash oddityfiles. Next week, we got something super special in store for you, so uh, definitely check it out. Keep telling your friends about the show. Numbers are going up, Nick, so we, we, we're doing something right-ish, maybe? I'm not sure. Until we do something wrong. Well, I mean, that happens quite a lot. But I think that's why they're here. I'm just saying. Um Shout out to our Patreon producers, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, and Doug Maldenlock. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. (laughs) Sorry.
And I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. And if you were on the Patreon, you just saw my crazy eyes as I said that. Get out of here, people. Go now. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Head to flow.page slash oddity files for all things oddity files. Links to our merch, links to our sponsors, links to all the things oddity files. We appreciate your continued support. We appreciate you spreading the word. Please don't forget to leave a review on wherever you're listening. Again, all things oddity files at flow.page slash oddity files. Theme music provided by James Grice, edited by me. Take care. We'll see you next time. No, you won't. You'll hear us next time. Bye.